This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Sunday night football. You know, NBC you know, has Carrie Underwood come out, and the theme song is something about how you've been waiting all day for Sunday night. Well, if you're a Giants fan, you actually have been waiting all day for Sunday night football to watch your team. Be the Giants and the Cowboys as the Giants try and close the gap, a term they have used a lot this offseason. Last year, they made the playoffs, as did the Cowboys, as did the Eagles. But to close the gap on those teams, you got to beat those teams. Last year, the Giants did not beat Dallas. They lost both games. Last year, the Giants lost three games to the Eagles, obviously, in the playoffs. They got destroyed in the divisional round. The way for the Giants to close the gap is by going out there and just winning tonight at home. Win your divisional home games. And if the Giants have improved the way Giants fans think they have, they should win tonight. I don't think the Cowboys are this great team. We hype up the Cowboys every year. Last year, Dak Prescott was a turnover machine. Can you finally beat him? You know, the, 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 the Giant fan that loves to talk up Daniel Jones and say Daniel Jones is better than Dak, well, go prove it tonight, right? Because Daniel Jones is 1-6 in, in his career against Dallas, and the only win came when Dak didn't play. Where Dak Prescott's 10-2 against the Giants. He's owned them. The Cowboys have owned the Giants. They've won 11 of the last 12 games. It is time for the Giants to change that narrative. Former NFL general manager Michael Lombardi will be joining us coming up at 5.30. We'll talk both Giants, Cowboys, and Jets Bills with him. He's got a new book out. We'll get into that with him. He's the host of the GM Shuffle podcast as well. 800-919-3776 is the number. 800-919-ESPN to call in. You can always reach me on Twitter at Jake Asman, J-A-K-E-A-S-M-A-N. This Yankee game going on right now, and look, we've done – 99.9% football. But this game that the Yankees are playing against Milwaukee, I got to talk about it for a moment. It's one of the most insane baseball games of the year. The Yankees and Brewers are heading to the 13th inning right now. The Yankees didn't have a hit for 10 and a third innings to start this game. Sam Frelick made an unbelievable game-saving catch against Anthony Volpe that would have given the Yankees their first hit of the game and walked it off for the Yankees in the 10th inning. He makes this incredible catch. Game goes to extras. Yankees don't score. Brewers tack on a couple runs to take a 3-1 to one lead. And then Giancarlo Stanton moments ago just hit a game-tying two-run shot in the bottom of the 12th inning to send us to the 13th inning. So this game has been nuts. I mean, the, the Yankees were being no hit for 10 and a third innings, and now it's 3-3. And Garrett Cole went out there today and shoved, but no one remembers that because this game's been going on forever. I mean, shocking that... Garrett Cole would go out there and dominate. He's only done that all year. Seven innings, didn't allow a run as Garrett Cole continued his Cy Young campaign earlier today. So we'll keep you up to date on that between now and the top of the hour. We're following closely the other games on the schedule that are underway, the late window games. I mean, I can't get over this Patriot-Eagles game, though. I mean, this game, if you're a noted Patriot hater like I am, has been absolutely beautiful. The Patriots are trailing against the Eagles 16 to nothing, and they're honoring Tom Brady at halftime. So Tom Brady is watching live next to Robert Kraft in his box as he watches the Patriots' offense become absolute dog-you-know-what since he's left. Like, if you're a Patriot hater, if you're a fan of a team in the AFC East that's not New England, I mean, this is like a chef's kiss of just beauty. I mean, my God, no other way to say it. Unbelievable. Keep you up to date as things unfold as we take you till Pat O'Keefe 
at the top of the hour at 6 o'clock. Let's get to your calls now. Let's go to Justin and Dobbs Ferry. He wants in on the Giants. Justin, thanks for making the call. You're on with Jake Asman. What do you got for us? Hey, man, happy uh, happy uh, first day of the year with the NFL. It's a great day waiting for the Giants tonight. But um, i just like to see the Giants. I mean, you go over last year's scoring. You know, they're scoring 20 points. They're averaging 20 points a game. They finally scored 31 points in the uh, – playoff game against Minnesota and they put up a dud at seven points against uh, the Eagles. It's like, I need to see this offense on all cylinders, you know, hit on all cylinders with Darren Waller coming in and, you know, put up some points because you're not going to beat these teams like the Eagles or Cowboys without putting up three or four, t- you know, touchdowns. Completely agree with you, Justin. And, and think about it. Last year, you mentioned it, the Giants averaged 20 points per game. You know what the league average in scoring was last year? 22 points. 22 points. Right. So the, the right. Giants now with Waller, with Hyatt, with Sterling Shepard back, with Paris Campbell. There's no excuse paying the quarterback the money they're paying Daniel Jones to not have an offense that should at least be above average, no? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, if you if you look at just this week alone, you see Patrick Mahomes got a little taste of what uh, it felt like to be uh, Daniel Jones over the last couple of years with uh, you know Richard James and Kadarius uh, <laughs> Tony, right. Tony, you know, dropping balls all over the place. Somebody just put up a stat, uh, I think it was this week, uh, that the top rated, the top three people that were ball, uh, top percentage for ball drops were like Slayton, uh, Tony, and uh, one of another Giants uh, <laughs> uh, receivers. Can't remember offhand. So it's like, you know, I think these guys are like I said, we're upgrading the receivers. The receivers were ranked like 30th or 31st last year. I think uh, this uh, with Jones underneath another year of the system, he's uh, it's going to be uh, you know hopefully a positive, you know, positive in all all facets of the offense. Justin, thanks for the call. I agree. And, look, I really like Daniel Jones. And I think Daniel Jones did something last year that not a lot of New York athletes have been able to do, like reshape the narrative that was written about his career. Right? Like Daniel Jones, let's call it for what it is. I, I know there were some Giants fans that always believed in him, but a lot of people probably thought, hey, when the Giants declined his fifth-year option, there's a good chance the Giants were not going to have Daniel Jones starting for them in 2023. That he'd play out the year, the Giants would then draft the quarterback that Dable and Shane wanted. And he played well enough where they had to obviously pay him the money they paid him. So now that he has the contract, and as we talked about throughout the course of our show, he's got the better weapons and Waller's playing tonight. I don't know if he's going to make it through the full year because that's the biggest concern with the guy. But he's playing tonight. Time for the Giants to win tonight. Time for the Giants to go out there and set the tone for their season like they did last year to their credit. That win in Tennessee, I know it's one of 17 now, but Giants fans, that game meant more than just one last year. When Dable's going for the win, going for two, when he's reaming out Daniel Jones on the sideline after a brutal turnover. Like, you, you learned a lot about your head coach through one game last year, and it turned out that head coach ended up winning coach of the year. So I'm not saying tonight's game is the end-all, be-all for the Giants, that if they lose, they can't be a good team. No, but you want to be taken seriously in what's – a wide-open NFC, right? You had the Eagles, you got the Niners, and then who's the third-best team in the conference, Giants fans? It's not the overrated Vikings who the Giants beat last year in the postseason, and they lost at home to Tampa today. I don't believe it's the Packers or the Bears. I don't even know who the third-best team is in the conference. Maybe it could be the Giants, but you know how you do that? You win tonight. Because otherwise, by default, people might just say, well, Dallas, because they're talented. 800 Three seven seven six. Former NFL GM Michael Lombardi is going to be joining us coming up at 5.30. More of your calls on the other side. Giants fans, Jet fans, we're talking all things New York football as the NFL season is officially back. Giants tonight, Jets tomorrow. It's a good time 
to be a New York football fan, something we have not been able to say in a very long time. Jake Asman with you till 6. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. It might rain late in the Giants game. I saw someone say that chances are it might just be a little drizzle. It's not going to be too bad. I don't know. I I call weathermen or weatherwomen weather guessers because I just feel like they guess. Kind of like we do as sports talk show hosts. We sometimes just guess. We make picks, but we're really just guessing. I don't know. If you're going to the Giants game, if you're on the road right now, stay safe. Appreciate you listening to us. Obviously, it's a huge game for the New York Giants. And if the Giants, once again, I'm going to use their own words, are going to close the gap on the teams in front of them, the Cowboys and the Eagles, you got to win this game at home tonight. Go out there at home and beat the Dallas Cowboys. That's what you got to do if you're the Giants, period. No other way to say it. 800-919-3776. Michael Lombardi, former NFL general manager, will join us to talk Giants, Cowboys, and Jets bills in about 10 minutes. Let's go back to the phones. Mr. Bonesy in the NYC is on the line. Bonesy, what do you got your first up this segment? Hey, what's up, man? What's going on? What's up, Bones? Aren't you excited? Football is back. <laughs> Sunday football, we've been waiting the whole summer, and it's finally here. Ah, and the Giants. Let's talk about the Giants tonight. What a big game. I really think Wink is going to be the difference. I think the Giants, they're playing at home. It's Sunday night. I know they haven't been playing great against the Cowboys over the past couple of years, but for some reason, I just got a—I got this feeling that Wink is going to is going to be the difference tonight. Uh, I, if Waller could like stay healthy, I know his hamstring. We all know Waller's always, you know, dinged up. So whenever the man's healthy, he's a top two tight end in the league. But with all their new additions, let's see if Paris Campbell could help out their wide receiving core. Let's see how high it does. He's a big time rookie, and you know how the ball could get the ball to the rookie. So. I'm thinking Wink, man. Remember me saying it's Wink tonight, and uh, the Jets are going to win it tomorrow, baby. Let's go, Jake. Bonesy, great call. Appreciate you making it. Today's one of the best days of the year. Football being back, I love it. Look, Wink Martindale, I think has been huge for the Giants. We saw that last year. I think it's an underrated aspect of the Giants' offseason. He didn't get a head coaching job. Neither did Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator. So the Giants retaining both their coordinators under Brian Dable, I think is a big deal. I don't think it gets talked enough about. I think the Giants have a significant coaching advantage in this game tonight. I think Mike McCarthy is one of the most overrated head coaches in the sport. He won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, never went back to another one. People blame Rodgers, maybe McCarthy, right? Look at McCarthy's playoff failures in Dallas already. I think the Giants have a coaching advantage. Do they have the quarterback advantage? Maybe they don't, but Daniel Jones should be a lot closer to making that a real debate than it has been in recent years. He's now paid like he's an elite quarterback. Go out there at home at a primetime spot and win the game tonight. It's not all on him. I get that. It's a team sport. But let's be real. Today's NFL, you need a quarterback or you have no chance. Giants believe they have the guy in Daniel Jones. They paid him like he's the guy. Now let's see if he could prove him right for making that decision. ESPN New York is celebrating the return of Jets football with the Michael K. Show live from the lounge at Meadowlands Racetrack tomorrow, right before the Jets kick off their season against the Bills on Monday Night Football. Start your tailgate early with the K. Show 
and the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands Racetrack, America's number one sportsbook. Man, think about a back-to-back tailgate scenario for the MetLife parking lot. (laughs) Giants-Cowboys tonight, and then the Bills and their fans jumping through tables in the pregame against the Jets and this fired-up fan base tomorrow night. I'd hate to be a spot in the MetLife parking lot because it's going to be a party. And if you're going to the Jets-Bills game tomorrow, Jet fans, make sure you stop by the lounge at the Meadowlands racetrack and tune into the Michael K. show. But as far as the Jets tomorrow, man, I'm going to this game. I'm hoping the weather is not too not too bad so we can enjoy a little tailgating beforehand, stopping by the lounge and seeing the K. show in action, of course. Tomorrow night, I, I have chills thinking about what the reaction is going to be like when Aaron Rodgers comes out of the tunnel. You know they're introducing the offense so Rodgers could come out last and get that ovation. That's going to be one of the loudest ovations a New York athlete has ever received. Right? And this is a this is a city that's had plenty of superstars. But this is a fan base that has not had that guy at the quarterback spot since Joe Namath. I mean, <laughs> That's how long it's been since the Jets have had a, a, a that level of star at quarterback. You could say Favre in 08, and I get that, but that that was different. Favre acquired late in the preseason already. He never really embraced being a Jet the way Rodgers has. It just was different. I mean, the Jets have not had that guy, a guy who wanted to be a Jet, who has talked about being a Jet, has embraced the Jet history since Namath, who's now 80 years old. <laughs> Think about that. Joe Namath being 80 is crazy. He still looks great. Watched him on college game day yesterday, making the picks. I'm sure Joe's not feeling great about uh, his college team, the Tide, losing to Texas last night. But hopefully we can get Joe Namath a win tomorrow night, right? Get Joe Namath's pro team a win when the Jets take on the Bills. For the Jets, though, I look at it like this. If you want to win the division – I still think it goes through Buffalo. I'm not sold on this Bills team. I think we've been quick to anoint them despite the fact they've been on the decline the last couple of years. I don't love the Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs dynamic. I think there's something to that. Von Miller's not playing tomorrow. I think the Bills, as far as their defense, they have some big names, but last year those big names struggled. Has age caught up to their safety room in particular? I have some questions with this Bills team, but they're still very good. I'm not trying to belittle the Bills. I just don't think they're this dominant force the Jets can't compete with. I think the Jets being at home, it's kind of similar to what I said about the Giants. You're at home against a team you, by the way, did beat last year with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Why can't you win tomorrow night with Aaron Rodgers now under center? And the Jets go into this game. It's something we have not been able to say, Jet fans, in a long time. The Jets go into this game healthy. Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, they're playing. Dwayne Brown, Mekhi Becton, they're playing. I don't need the Jets' offensive line in front of Rodgers to be the 09 Jets or the 2010 Jets, right? This is not going to be from left to right. DeBrickashaw Ferguson, Alan Fanica, Nick Mangold, Brandon Moore, Damian Woody. I don't expect the 2023 Jets' O-line to be as good as that line. They don't have to be. Aaron Rodgers gets the ball out fast. Aaron Rodgers can make plays at the line of scrimmage where he could just drop back and throw it before the pass rush can even get near him. 
And we saw that on that play against the Giants in the preseason where he just looked at Garrett Wilson, saw he had one-on-one -on, -one on the outside, threw the fade in a perfect spot, and Garrett Wilson made the catch. I don't worry about the Jets' O-line being this huge issue if the guys playing tomorrow stay relatively healthy. Look, there's injuries in the NFL all the time. So Aaron Rodgers is not going to have the same five guys starting in front of him for all 17 games. That's just not how the sport works. But if the Jets get reasonable health, I don't think this offensive line is this huge concern. There's questions, but I think there's talent there. I think Dwayne Brown's still very good. I think Lakin Tomlinson could bounce back and be the Pro Bowl player he was with the Niners. I think Connor McGovern is solid. He's durable. And I think eventually Joe Tipman, their second-round pick, could be their center. I think ABT's an all-pro. I think Makai Becton's got Pro Bowl talent. He's in a good headspace. He's playing well. He looked great in the preseason. So if your biggest question is the Jets' O-line, I get it. But it's not like they don't have the talent. You know, last year when they were 5-2 and two and Brees Hall was on his way to winning Offensive Rookie of the Year, I didn't hear too many Jet fans complaining about the state of the O-line. No team could survive six starting tackles going on IR like what happened to the Jets last year. No team can survive 11 different players and nine different combos having to start for the Jets. The Jets need some injury luck, something they haven't had in a long time. They seemingly have had it. I'm knocking on wood as I speak right now, Jet fans. They have not had a lot of injury luck during this playoff drought. Maybe... God willing, this year they get it. Because if you tell me the line in front of Rodgers stays relatively healthy, there's no reason for this Jets team with the defense they have and the playmakers they have around Rodgers to not lead this team to at least 11 or 12 wins. That's how I feel. Win the AFC East. That's my goal for the regular season. Am I going to be pissed off if the Jets are a wild card team? No, they haven't made the playoffs since 2010. I'd, I'd be nuts to say, oh, how dare they only make the playoffs as a wild card. But if you want to be a legit Super Bowl contender, it behooves you to win the division. And how about this for a stat before we bring on Michael Lombardi next segment? You know the Indianapolis Colts have more division titles than the Jets do? More AFC Eastern division titles than the Jets do. The Jets have two division titles since the merger. Two. Haven't won the division since Herm was the coach back in 2002. It is time for the Jets to win the division. And if you're going to win the division, you have to win your home divisional game. Same thing with the Giants tonight against the Cowboys. So the Jets got to win tomorrow, man. They have to. I don't want to call it a must win because that's silly. But if you want me to believe you're going to win the division, you win at home tomorrow night in primetime. Because we all know about the first six games for the Jets. It's not easy. But I won four and two. That's how I'm looking at it. This defense has got nine of its 11 starters back. Jermaine Johnson is not one of those starters, and he probably is an upgrade over Carl Lawson. And I think he'll end up playing more than Carl Lawson. This team is loaded. It is time to win, Jeff fans. That's how I look at it. Enough of the talk, all the hype and excitement. We finally get to see this team play tomorrow night, and I cannot wait to be in the building at MetLife, or as Rodgers will call it, Jet Life, and hopefully see the Jets get their first win of the year. Michael Lombardi, former NFL general manager, three-time Super Bowl champion as an executive with the Patriots. He's going to be joining us next. We'll talk all things Giants-Cowboys and Jets-Bills with Lombardi. He's joining us right here on the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Monday Night Football and joining me right now to talk all things Giants, all things Jets, and all things NFL is a three-time Super Bowl winning executive Michael Lombardi 
joins us here on 98.7. Michael, always great to catch up. Appreciate your time. Football is in full swing, and you have an awesome new book out, which we got to get into as well. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you, Jake. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully people read it and uh, kind of appreciate this great game that I've been fortunate enough to be a part of. Football done right name of the book setting the record straight on the coaches players and history of the nfl i have my copy right here in the studio i'm excited to dive in give my audience give my listeners an idea on what they can expect if they purchase this book well it's really kind of a a history coaching player uh, overview right so I, I start the book off talking about the five coaches who i call the white oaks who have made a difference in the game we see today they're the they're the people that have advanced the game. And then I rank the coaches, the top coaches of all time, which then leads me into how the draft became about, how the draft happened, how trades in the NFL occur. Uh, and then I talk about the power of television, how it advanced this great game. And then we get into the top 100 players to which I put in different levels, you know, all beginning with the letter E starting with the starting with the everlasting players all the way up to the elite so it's my top 100 and uh i have current i have a few current players still playing in this list i have a lot i have players from other eras in this list i try to balance it but everybody on my top 100 i feel like could actually have played today i know we hear this rhetoric well they couldn't play when in reality i think they could and i explain why how did you come up with 100 players? What was the level of difficulty to try and rank that many players uh, across different eras? It was hard, you know, and I relied on some people that I trust, like Ron Wolf and Bill Belichick and others to kind of help me get through it and watch uh, as much video as I can on the players and make my own assessment. Could this guy fit today? Could Gino Marchetti be a player today? And then what I try to do, Jake, is tell a story about each player that perhaps the football fans from this era or from their era didn't know and always try to tie it back to kind of how I was introduced to the player. So, yeah, I, I had a lot of help. Look, anytime you write a book, it, it's not a single endeavor. You sit at a keyboard, you look at a blank page, but you know you have a lot of help from a lot of different people. Michael Lombardi joining us here at 98.7. ESPN New York three-time Super Bowl winning executive, former general manager of the Cleveland Browns as we talk all things NFL with the games in full swing. So, Michael, we'll start local with you. The Giants, of course, Sunday night football tonight against the Dallas Cowboys. And here in New York, the feeling is, okay, you know, the Giants after paying Daniel Jones, the Giants after being a huge surprise a season ago, if they're going to truly try and close the gap between them and the Cowboys and the Eagles in their own division, it's a huge game at home tonight against, of course, a divisional opponent. How do you view this game tonight? And overall, how do you view this Giants team entering the season? Well, I, I think that, you know, the Giants were a team last year that played really good complementary football. I mean, when you break their team down, they were fifth in the league on third down defense, fifth in the league in red zone off, uh, defense, seventh in red zone offense. But there were a lot of moments where the game was in balance. You know, the Washington game uh, down in D.C., two red zone turnovers were forced. That helped the, the, the game in New York. You know, those games could have gone either way. And for Giant fans, they went the right way. But I, I think for them, they've got to close the gap. I mean, they lose to the Eagles in a playoff game, 38-7. to That game was over at halftime. When they played them in the Meadowlands, that game was over at halftime, even though it was 48-22. to They got beat soundly in that game. And then the Cowboys, you know, the Cowboys come into the Meadowlands with Cooper Cup and win the game 
23-16, and then again down in Dallas, they, they get beat 28-20. So for me, this is about the Giants and Brian Daybold and his staff did a great job, but this is about going from being good to being better. You, can you go from good to great? I think they're one more draft away from getting to the higher level, but I do think they've got to improve their team, and they have defensively. I think they'll be better, but, you know, they paid Daniel Jones a lot of money, and they're going to need him to really take his step up. He's got to be able to work the ball down the field. He's got to be able to average in the passing game more than uh, under seven yards per attempt. They finished 27th in the passing game in yards per attempt. That's not going to get you a playoff win. That's not going to get you into where you need to go. They were 25th in the National Football League in rushing attempts and 26th in rushing yards. So what they have to be able to do, excuse me, uh, in passing yards, I'm sorry, not rushing, they've got to be able to throw the ball more effectively. Michael Lombardi joining us here at 98.7 ESPN New York. You know, staying with Daniel Jones, obviously he did get the big contract, and, and part of the reason why, you know, the Giants felt comfortable paying him is they believe, hey, another year in Brian Dable's offense, some better weapons, as you alluded to. They think he can take another step forward. What exactly does that look like, though, Michael? Like, if Daniel Jones goes from what he did last year to, all right, now he does this, like, how much better could the Giants be? How much better do you think Daniel Jones could truly be? Well, I think he's got to prove he can throw the ball down the field, right? I mean, that that's the key to football. I mean, what the Giants were able to do with their run game, you know, they finished they finished fourth in the league in yards, fifth in rush in average per attempt. And so that those are good things. But what Daniel Jones have to has to prove in order to justify the contract that he received is he can he can average over seven and a half, eight yards per attempt. I mean, when you look at the, his career, 6.8 last year was the highest he's ever been on average per attempt. That you got to get the ball down the field. You're going to have to throw it down the field and you got to make explosive plays in the passing game. Running the football, all running the football does for you is allow you to kick field goals. But you've got to, the way you score touchdowns is making plays down the field. I think that's the biggest challenge. And he does, when he's operating with his feet, when he's operating with his ability, to move around and make plays on the move, he's a more effective player. And his accuracy improves. Last year, it the amount of bad throws he went went down from 18.4% down to 12.2%. That's significant. So he's made some significant progress in that area, but he's got to get the ball down the field. Michael Lombardi joining us here. His new book, Football Done Right, available now. Three-time Super Bowl winning executive here with us on the Jake Asman Show on 98.7. ESPN New York. How about the Giants' opponent tonight, Michael? A lot of Cowboys fans, of course, in that New York area. The Dallas Cowboys seemingly always have a ton of talent, always seem like they're a playoff contender, and then we know what happens once they get to the actual playoffs. Is this year going to be any different? How do you view this Cowboys team? Oh, well, I think this Cowboy team, I don't think people realize it. it's an interesting nugget uh, that they have not gone three years in a row since 1994 making the playoffs. Can you imagine that? They have not put three consecutive playoff years together since 1994. And so they have two, and that's about all they've been able to do. Can they get three? I don't know. Look, they're really talented. They can run the ball. Tyler Smith's hamstring could be a problem for them. But they can run the ball. They've got to protect the football. Their defense is really fast. They're athletic. And they can create turnovers. And they're going to be a problem. The Giants' offensive line has to play well. I think Daniel Jones has to complement the run game with his ability to run. But, you know, the, this Cowboy team has to prove that they can win 
and have mental and physical toughness, something they haven't been able to do. I mean, it's been since 95 since they've been to a conference championship game. We talk about them on paper. At some point, they got to put it on the field. Is Mike McCarthy on the hot seat if they can't get back to a conference title game, especially in seemingly an NFC that, that, that feels like is very wide open right now? You know, I don't know with Jerry. You never know who's on the hot seat. I mean, Jerry runs the team. It's his team. Uh, you know, and typically anytime somebody tries to tell Jerry what to do, he does the opposite. So it, it's hard. Look, I think everybody in Dallas knows they've got a really good team, and it's their time, right? It's their time to win, and there's no sense in – in waiting. They got to get it figured out. We'll switch to the other team in the New York area as we talk with Michael Lombardi, three time Super Bowl winning executive right here on 987 ESPN New York. Michael, full disclosure, I am a diehard Jets fan. I have waited a <laughs> long time for a season like this one starting tomorrow night. Jets and the Bills on Monday Night Football. Your thoughts on, on how the Jets match up with the Buffalo Bills? Well, I, I think they do match up with them. I mean, look, the Jets are all about the defensive front, right? I mean, you know, everybody talks about how they can become a dominant defense. And, you know, I heard uh, DJ Reed talk about he's going to, you know, they could be like the Ravens or any of the great defenses in the NFL. I, I think we need to slow that down in, in this sense and, and not to be critical of them. But last year, you know, they were a good defense. However, last year they couldn't turn the ball over. They couldn't create turnovers. Now, the, one of the reasons you can't do that is because they're always playing from behind. They got no cooperation from their offense. I mean, and when you look at their, it's it's kind of interesting. When you look at their season, they after after the November sixth bye against Buffalo Bills, which they won, they only forced two more turnovers the entire season, the entire season. And so that defense is going to have to create some turnovers. Now, I do think when they play against the better teams that understand how to attack their their secondary teams through the football. But if you can if you can't block them, they're going to create problems for you. And that's going to be the key to them. And offensively, they've got to protect. The story of the Jets, if the Jets go where you as a fan want them to go, you're going to sit there at the end of the year and say, our offensive and defensive lines carried us. If they don't go to where you want to go, you're going to say our offensive and defensive lines let us down. Michael, how big of a deal is it from a Jets perspective? You know, last year, 29 scoring offense in the league. They had the second worst average starting field position because they had just some some terrible special teams play. And, you know, now you're bringing a guy like Aaron Rodgers and you're expecting to have more leads. Like, how could that impact the Jets defense not being on the field as long? Obviously, being in a spot where maybe they do have more leads where that defensive line can tee off. How big of a deal is that for the Jets big picture? Well, I think it's the most important stat in all of football. I think at the end of the year, Jake, if you have me back on your show and we're going to look at who led the league in first half point differential, we're going to find two teams probably headed to the Super Bowl or at least in the top five. First half point differential is huge. I mean, the Eagles went into halftime with over an eight-point lead in most every single game. And so what does that mean is for you as a fan? What it means is the defensive call sheet is in full play. You can call a zero blitz pressure and not feel like you're going to lose the game. If you're down 10 points in the third quarter and you call a zero blitz pressure and they hit a home run and they score, you're down 17 games over. So you, you call sheet becomes smaller and you become very conservative. You don't want to give up a play. you got to kind of stay in the game. But when you play from in front, you play very loose and you create turnovers. It's the whole concept that I write about this in my book, Football Done Right. People think that Bill Walsh invented the West Coast offense based on a play here and a play there. No, he invented the West Coast offense based on one simple calculation. We are going to throw the ball to get the lead 
or we are going to create a defense that can turn the ball over to extend the lead. That's what the Jets have to do. Michael Lombardi with us here, three-time Super Bowl winning executive. He mentioned the book, Football Done Right, available right now. Michael, you look at Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, he's the story with the Jets. That's why they had the six primetime games. That's why Hard Knocks wanted to cover them. But when you look at Aaron Rodgers and what happened last year, right, a quote-unquote down year for him statistically, how much of that do you think, well, he had a broken thumb on his throwing hand, he didn't have great chemistry with his receivers, or how much of that is, hey, you know, this guy's 39 years old and maybe we're starting to see the decline. What version of Aaron Rodgers are the Jets going to be getting? I think a better one than we saw last year, but I would caution Jet fans, it's going to come down to protection. Let's go back to when Rodgers won his two MVPs with the Green Bay Packers. They had home field advantage in the playoffs, in both the games. And the reason they did not advance, the reason they were one and done is because the Tampa Bay Bucks went up there and their defensive line dominated the Packers' offensive line. And that created problems for Rodgers. And then San Francisco went in there two years ago and dominated the Packer offensive line. And that created problems for Aaron Rodgers. So this really isn't as much about Rodgers returning to old form. It's about can they protect him to the level that allows him to return to old form. I think that's the key. We'll get you out of here on this, Michael. Who do you have in the Super Bowl and why? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, these Super Bowl predictions, I think, are ridiculous because they're <laughs> so hard uh, based on the health of all that. I mean, I did a Philadelphia Eagle uh, podcast the other day, and the host, all he wanted me to do is tell him the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm like, you know, how do I know that? I can't predict the injury factors. If you want me to tell you that, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you it's the Giants-Jets if that's what you want, Jake. <laughs> we'll take but, it. We'll take it. Yeah. I mean, why not? Right? In all New York, New York, we'll get we'll bring Sinatra back and let him sing the song <laughs> to start. I, I I think to me, I predicted in our VEASAN guide, where I worked for VEASAN, the Lombardi lines on that show daily with DraftKings, I put Cincinnati and San Francisco, and I gave it to Cincinnati. And here's why. I think you have to get to the day. I think you have to constantly pound yourself against that that threshold of getting to a title game, getting to a Super Bowl, and finding how to win that to be able to advance there. I don't think we have overnight sensations in anything. And so I think Cincinnati, because they've been knocking on the door, I think they can get there. The book, once again, football done right, setting the record straight on the coaches, players, and the history of the NFL, of course, written by the great Michael Lombardi, who's kind enough to join us here on the show today. Michael, NFL's back. Can't wait to watch the Love Giants it. and the Cowboys tonight. Jets tomorrow night against the Bills. Really appreciate your time today. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate you having me. Appreciate Michael Lombardi for joining us there. We'll take a quick break and wrap up our show. I got some terrible injury news involving Jason Dominguez. We'll get into that before we wrap up here on 98.7 ESPN New York.